Hello, in this edition of A Shot of Strange, I'd like to explain a little about the curious phenomena of lost gloves, and in particular the theories espoused by the Lost Glove Society. The Lost Glove Society began in 1958 and was created by the eccentric physicist Frank Bourne. He believed that gloves were utilised by interdimensional beings as a means of moving between dimensions. According to the LGS, all that these beings left behind after such an event was a single glove. Bourne felt that interdimensionality could explain a variety of phenomena, including ghosts, demons and UFOs. Even today it isn't clear what the source of Bourne's theories were. Some believe that he was part of the Wandsbeck programme a furtive governmental project thought to have existed for a brief period shortly after World War II. Its purview is said to have been one of UFO investigation, but even today its existence is frequently denied by the authorities. Over the years, Bourne and his circle of friends refined and developed their theories and began linking lost gloves to notions of liminality and alternate universes. Many of these ideas were disseminated through their regular newsletter, Gauntlet. Editions of Gauntlet would feature articles touching on cosmology, physics, astronomy, religion, philosophy and transpersonal psychology. By the early 90s the LGS had faded into obscurity and with Frank Bourne's failing health, Gauntlet ceased to be published. The good news is that there has been a resurgence of interest in some of Bourne's theories and a new generation has reanimated the Lost Glove Society. Much of this has been driven by Frank Bourne's grandson, Christopher, the current head of the LGS. When it comes to Lost Gloves, the difficulty has always been that visually there is little discrimination between a commonplace glove and one that might be exceptional. The material of the glove appears to be irrelevant. A trans-dimensional gauntlet could be made of wool, polyester, nylon, rubber or anything. If you come across a lost glove, the best advice has been to observe the environment around it rather than just the glove itself. Often, a glove of significance will be found in a location which has an unusual ambience, the sort produced by a liminality connected with that place. For instance, a crossroads of some kind, an underpass, a lay-by, a place of indeterminate usage, playing fields and waste grounds or industrial zones. Over a period of several years of investigation, both in the field and in his home laboratory, Frank Bourne was able to perfect and refine the device he invented for investigating lost gloves. He named the device the Agnesometer after his mother. The Agnesometer, at its heart, is really a straightforward piece of electronic equipment, which amalgamates principles of dowsing and that of electromagnetic fields. Through Gauntlet, Frank Bourne provided detailed instructions and circuit diagrams so that followers could construct their own agnosometers. Thanks to this gadget, when one finds a lost glove, the parameters can be narrowed almost immediately. By applying the rods of the device around the area of the glove, it is possible to get a reading as to magnetic field displacement residue. Bourne conceived a scale to which he called the units Bourne's. The Bourne scale goes up to 12. From all the research carried out thus far, it appears that any glove which reads five or more Bourne's is more likely to be of significance for interdimensionality.
the agnosometer was a game changer in the extraction and analysis of lost gloves. Of course, detecting electromagnetic field fluctuations was just one part of lost glove investigation, albeit an important one. There are other important factors for the lost glove hunter to consider. 1. Orientation I think it's of great value to make a quick sketch of the gloves you find and to make note of their orientation. Carrying a compass is paramount. We don't yet know what the orientation of a found glove means or what it can tell us, but without gathering this data we'll likely never discover its true significance. What is suspected is that gloves on a north-south axis tend to display more residual energy than gloves found on an axis of east-west. The second factor is colour. It was once thought that the colour of a glove could be a factor in determining its potency as a glove of trans-dimensional interplay. Our current hypothesis is that coloration is of little consequence. It makes no difference, it would seem, if the glove is red, green, blue, yellow or even tartan. Any glove, no matter its hue, has the potential to be an elusive machine of liminality. Factor 3 is grouping. It's true, gloves can appear in groupings, although it is rare. If you do find a cachet of gloves, only one is likely to be of significance. However, anomalies do exist and the very nature of what the LGS explores is in itself an anomaly. At present, the highest number of interdimensional gloves to be found together was in the village of Dunsup Bridge, Derbyshire in 1965. Four gloves, each of different design, were found together at a crossroads. Well, I hope that this has given you something to think about next time that you come across a lost glove. If you wish to, why not take a photo of any lost gloves that you find and post them on social media with the hashtag LostGlovesSociety. I'd love to see some of your own examples. If you'd like to see some of the gloves that I've found, then you can follow me on Instagram at oa.richarddaniels. If you have enjoyed this episode of A Shot of Strange or any of the other podcast episodes and you've also enjoyed some of the written material from the Occultary of Albion, please consider supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash occultaria you can find out more about the OA by going to occultariaofalbion.com thanks for listening the next shot strange episode will be in two weeks time